Running with Jake, the quick hit. Hi, this is Jake from Running with Jake, the podcast. Full episodes are released every Wednesday, but this is the quick hit, which is audio taken from one of the live videos on my social channels. This one is from the Instagram lives that I do every Friday with ex-GB athlete, fellow coach, and my friend, Joe Wilkinson. To follow us both on Instagram, just search for Running with Jake and Running Joe 10K. Let's get into it. Hi everybody, welcome to our Friday Live. Now, those observant ones amongst you might realise that I'm not in my usual office setting. Um, I'm also not in the setting that I hoped to be in, which was sitting outside Buckingham Palace doing a live broadcast. Instead, I am actually in a sort of scrap of land around the back of a church in uh, Hammersmith. But you know, that's life and that's what happens. And all you have to do is however you can, think it's going to be okay and do you know what it probably will be i mean i say that but it all depends on whether jake can join me can you hear the traffic too loudly bloody awful <laughs> where the hell are you woman I'm in... <laughs> i've had such a morning honestly this is real life versus insta life look at me i'm cold as anything wrapped up um how bad is the traffic then <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's not the best. Can I apologise to everybody watching this now? This has nothing to do with me. Uh, you know, we, we usually run a professional outfit here. Yeah, I do. Absolutely. Like, because you've never been late or done it from the side of a lay-by on a dual character. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> well, I was going to put a post on my Instagram about this. This is real life versus Insta life. So I'm off to Barcelona this evening, which is going to be great fun with the England team for a half marathon. And I had a lovely morning planned in central London in a luxury hotel. It was going to be great. And then, uh, as is the way of real life, I've had to dash across to Hammersmith, abandon all my lovely plans to meet Tom Craggs to pick up a pair of shorts for one of the team members. <laughs> and hence why I'm not where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> well, we're all feeling very sorry for and you, Joe, to be frank, to it, was, it was here or Heathrow Airport, and I figured that might be even more noisy. <laughs> Confidence. Should we battle on? That's all we, it takes. We... Confidence. Yes. Let's, Let's battle on. Gosh. <laughs> oh, dear me. Um, right. We're talking about confidence, aren't we? Because I think it's something that we often talk about the lack of it. And I don't think we always necessarily want to acknowledge it. or And sometimes we overly stress about it um, unnecessarily, which then creates more of a lack of it. So... After that terrible introduction, I'm going to hand over to you, Jake. <laughs> Rebe- someone, that someone, can I just say, that most people would look at and think, yeah, he's confident. He's got confidence. So, have you? No, not always. I'm dead <laughs> honest, you know me. Not at all. It, can, it ebbs and flows like many things in life, many feelings and emotions. So, some things give me confidence and some things don't. And, and it can differ from day to day, week to week. Obviously, we're talking specifically about confidence in running today but i think something that's really important i want to kind of kickstart things off with that a dip in confidence in itself a temporary dip in confidence is not necessarily a bad thing in fact it isn't a bad thing i'm going to drop the word necessarily it is not a bad thing because if it's all about balance as we often talk about on these live show and if if we are too confident almost stepping into the realm of overcome uh, being overconfident potentially complacent not necessarily committing to certain sessions because you think, oh, it's going to be okay, then that can cause potential problems. Whereas if you've just got a little bit of a dip in confidence here and there, perhaps it doesn't feel great in the moment, but it might make you 
encourage you to take a little bit more action, to commit certain sessions, to execute the sessions with accuracy as well. So I do think it's about finding a little bit of balance. There. I think it's really important. And the other thing to add to that is if you feel nervous, that doesn't mean that you're lacking confidence. <laughs> Have you been reading mean... my notes? <laughs> no. Nerves can mean that you, you care about what you're about to do, whether that's a session or a race, probably for most of us as runners. That shows that you're really up for it. And it's that balance, again, of kind of certainty versus uncertainty. You don't want things to be a foregone conclusion because you probably won't feel that nervous about that. You probably feel very confident. But would the enjoyment and reward be there? Probably not. Probably wouldn't be as great. Whereas if you've got a little bit of uncertainty, as long as it's not too low, and you think, well, I don't know how this is going to go. This is quite exciting. I feel a bit nervous. I, I have a certain degree of confidence because I've looked back and logically over the sessions and training that I've done. But I still don't know how it's going to go. And that can fuel you on. So it's just finding that sweet spot. And I do think it's different for different people, Joe. And as, as I mentioned to you earlier, I, it kind of ebbs and flows a bit for me. You know, I'm not always here or here. It can, it, you know, peaks and troughs, I think. Peaks and troughs. Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, I, I mean, I was joking, you read my notes. Yeah, nerves and uncertainty about the outcome does not equate to lack of confidence. It's how you respond to that situation i think and i think we feel that we must have we must go into a race feeling super confident to have a great performance and i don't think that's the case at all i think where it becomes problematic is where you get into a cycle of negative thoughts and thinking that then affects your performance and then obviously you, you come away um often with disappointment and dents this this mysterious thing that we keep talking about called confidence so i think you know you don't have to go in thinking i'm confident yay i'm really 100 percent confident you know that's not essential but what you don't want to do is get into that i'm not going to do this i'm not going to run how i want it's not going to go well it's not going to you know and i think to some extent it, it's appreciating that that um confidence is is quite a sort of in many ways a vague concept isn't it it's not just this you know like i say i think we talk too much as though it's a set thing um rather than just a, a state of mind that will ebb and flow all of the time i think it's important to justify to a degree or certainly give it a little bit of reason and meaning so if you say to yourself for example you actually have a question am i do i feel confident about a certain thing a training session or race keeping it with the running well if you do why do you feel confident maybe you feel confident about the session because Actually, you've built up. We talk a lot about progression. You've kind of built up to the session you're about to do. So you can look back at sessions you've done previously. And the one you're about to do is not totally random. It's not plucked out the air because it's got logic and it's got progression. So you, you may go into a session knowing full well that actually, if everything's okay, you're capable of completing at least 80% of the session because you've kind of already done that. It's that 20% that you're perhaps a little bit more un, un, unsure about. So you can actually say, well, okay, if I don't feel confident about a certain race, or, or, why is that? What, why do I not feel confident? And I think a really key question, we might have picked up on this, I might mention this last week, is what will make me feel confident? What will help grow that confidence? What is it? Do I feel like I've not got enough experience of running? Well, you can't fast track that. That's where patience comes in. But is that a reason? Then it's just a case of allowing time to pass and committing to all those sessions. Is it the fact that you don't feel fast enough or you've not done enough fast sessions or whatever it might be? Try to draw some conclusions in your own mind 
because I think unpicking that, you're halfway there to being able to kind of stitch it back together and plan yeah. that path forward. Because ultimately, you want to feel good about what you do, don't you, Joe? Yeah, you, know, you want to enjoy the running. And I think um, another thing I was going to say where people often confuse confidence is with failure. So if you're a confident person, you must always succeed. You must always go and run your best race and you must always run a PB. That's not the case. Actually, confidence, they say, you've got to divorce it from that fear of failure. And I think that's a little bit what you're talking about. You know, I'm picking, what is it that I'm not confident about? Is it that I'm not going to achieve the things that I want to achieve? So some practical things, as you say, set yourself a realistic goal. You know, don't set yourself a goal particularly if you do struggle with confidence, don't set yourself a goal that's so unreachable. It's not to say you've got to set a goal that you're going to 100% nail without any problem at all. You want to stretch yourself potentially, but set a goal that's realistic. And then again, as you said, when I'm trying to work with um, some of the runners I coach on confidence, it's about looking back for some evidence that supports their confidence. Because often people think, well, you know, I I don't believe that I can do this. I don't believe that I'm confident. So what I'll often do is pick out some really good sessions or some good long runs or something that they're worried about. So, you know, if you're worried, I'm not going to be able to keep this pace going or when it hurts, I'm going to find it's hard to keep going. Then let's pick out a session where you did that in training and then you can remind yourself of that. And actually that will help you develop confidence in your ability to do that when it comes to the race. So I think looking back, and as, as you've said a couple of times, picking out, the the kind of building blocks to where you are now is really quite critical to confidence i think it's human nature isn't it to kind of focus on on the micro detail as well oh i've had a bad run that didn't go to plan well (laughs) okay we we can all have bad runs like literally everybody in the world no matter what their level can have a bad run so look at the big picture what what are the positives and are all your runs bad if they are then you probably need to seriously think about you know <laughs> re-strategizing you probably need to look at things but it's probably not going to be the case it's probably more so, likely that you're just focusing on that on that bad run and i think that's the, or, that's definitely a problem i was going to say so if you have a runner who perhaps lacks in a bit of confidence and they have a race that doesn't go so well or a training session that doesn't go so well how do you then as a coach build their confidence from that if they're saying oh you know that was terrible I'm, now I'm feeling even less confident about whatever it is I'm doing how do you go about tackling that it's giving them a, or trying to facilitate a good experience for them whether that's a race or a training <laughs> session so I'll give you a great example of this and this is Martina my girlfriend so she's doing very well at the moment we've really kind of brought her on with her training she's really fired up she's driven but I remember a race that was Western Superbear half I think they call it and I paced her, I ran with her in that, in that event. And I held her back consciously. I knew I was doing that. And, and she didn't know I was doing it for the reasons I was doing it. But I was just listening to her breathing, you know, as you do, and being aware of how she's feeling and, you know, posture and all those different things. And I was holding her back. And you can see afterwards in the race, she, by the way, she came out with a personal best, but she was very young in her <laughs> running. So that's quite easy to do, relatively speaking, you know, when you first start out. So she had that great experience of, I've got a personal best, I've done a half marathon, wasn't that great. She didn't crawl across the finishing line, but you can see from a heart rate afterwards that I held her back for a large part of that race. So what that did, it gave her a great experience. It gave her a hunger to see what else she's capable of. She was itching to get back out there. It didn't put her body under huge amounts of stress. So all those things I think are really, really important. You've got to turn the heat up on sessions and races gradually. Now, some people can tolerate 
you know, a bit of a, a t quite, you know, quite a turning up of that heat because of the individual and their personality. Some people need a little bit more of an arm around the shoulder and just build that confidence very gradually. And it, again, it's finding that sweet spot. And for us as coaches, it's knowing the runner, knowing who you're working with. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I, I, you know, again, I would say you've got, you've got to be careful about using a, a sample size of one. But, but I know for myself that I have quite happily stepped up into races where I know I'm going to be outclassed and I know I'm going to come last. And do you know what? That's absolutely fine. And it, it never destroys my confidence because I know that's where I'm going to come and I see it as an opportunity to really learn and push myself and, and see what happens. But I know as well for other runners, they can't, they can't cope with that. You know, that really is, well, I'm just going to go, I'm going to run last, come last. I don't, you know, I don't want to do it. And neither is right or wrong. It's what suits the individual person. So for me, I have this very positive outlook on it. But say for other runners, it, it's, it just wouldn't do as well. And what's better for them is to go into a race where they're going to be at the front of the field, have a really good experience and build their confidence and build their progression that way. So it really is understanding each person and what kind of makes them, makes them tick. And I think it's ultimately for me as well, it just comes back to that whole thing around what are the thought patterns that you have around your running and how you feel about yourself and how can you then translate that into practice? So it is, really just getting to know each person and, and working with it. So don't, you know, I say to people, don't beat yourself up if you're not the kind of person that wants to go out and race fit, whereas other people love to race themselves fit. And I think, you know, you've just got to know yourself, haven't you? And, and as you say, you've got to build up progressively and, and help support the runners or yourself to kind of run at the right pace and come out with a good experience, whatever that good experience might be personal to you. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about, you know, confidence in running here. And if you put yourself in a relatively pressured environment and you deal with that pressure well and the outcome is positive, then that's going to boost your confidence. But if you put yourself like you did, Joe, and you were happy to, you, you actively did that and you probably seeked those races and you knew going into it, managing expectations that you probably weren't going to win it. You probably weren't going to achieve maybe what you would have dreamed to achieve but you actually knew what you're expecting from it and that helps whereas some people as you say they can crumble under that so you've got to plot that path whether you work with the coach or if you don't work with the coach you've got to think about what situations you put yourself in are they going to help or hinder because what you don't want to do is lose love of the sport and of running and just wash your hands of it because that's not a good thing just picking up on um <clears throat> excuse me psych 83 simon one of my yeah I was just hey, looking at that one <laughs> um do you not think sometimes it's easy to be a bit negative or less confident to protect yourself rather than being overconfident and failing? Possibly. I mean, look, I, I, I'll be really honest as well, Simon. You, you, we speak a lot, so you know the score. There's been times where I play down what I think I'm going to target in a race. What I know I'm going to target in a race. I don't always do that. I've certainly done that over the years. That's really to protect myself. You know, what, what will people think? There's a greater chance of me overachieving to a degree from what I've said and put out there, what will people think of me? <laughs> people don't really care, as we've said before, but I still have those feelings. So you, you've got to sort of, you have to protect yourself a little bit, but I think not to the point where you risk not doing as well as perhaps you could and want to do. And again, you've got to get that enjoyment out of it. I think that's, that's really important. Actually. Yeah. It's the I story you tell a, yourself. It's a really fine balance. And, I, and that's what I find quite fascinating. So, I didn't quite realize I did it until, until a coach I worked with for a while said to me, the more you moan before a training session, the better it's going to be. 
and voicing for me, voicing all that negative, oh, I feel terrible, you know, oh, my legs hurt, oh, it's not going to go well, I've just run at this pace, was actually my way of getting all that negative out, negativity out there and, and kind of thinking, well, you know, if that's all I achieve, that's fine. And then, of course, almost like then leaving the way clear to go out and actually completely smash the session. But other people are very different. And there are those people that do like to put a target right out there because it motivates them to push themselves when the going gets hard. Because the going always gets hard at some point, doesn't it? <laughs> There's no two ways around it. So um, sure. they, they find that that works in that way. But, but I think, yeah, I, I'm, it's interesting. And I think, again, it's about really unpicking with yourself or, and, you know, if you've got a coach, then I'm picking with them. What's the, what's the approach that works best for you? But picking up what you said as well, Jake, it's that whole thing around then. What I find oh, as a coach almost breaks my heart is those people that are so underconfident, they set targets that are so low, and yet they have so much potential. And I think that's a real, real challenge. And I don't know what your thoughts are on how you really work with that kind of person uh, yeah. to get them to what they can do. <clears throat> It's very hard because really you, you don't have to, I was about to say have to, but there is value in potentially drawing out those goals from the individual so that they have to, they have to make the decision that they want to target something higher than they perhaps are. They have to want to raise the bar. It's the same when I was personal training people doing the one-to-one stuff that wasn't all running related. You know, there were times, especially when I was very new into personal training and I was into fitness and all that stuff, wanted to push myself. Other people perhaps don't want to achieve 100% of what they're capable of. They, they, they perhaps don't. And even if you can see that they have so much more to give, if they're achieving the things that they want to achieve, increasing their energy levels, you know, feeling good about life, giving them confidence, all those different things through fitness and training. If they're ticking those boxes, then who are we to say, well, actually, you should do more or you should. It's, it's sort of maybe, I guess, carefully presenting it to them as an option. Because that's quite nice. That's very complimentary, isn't it? Look, I actually think you, you're potentially setting relatively conservative targets here. And I think there's a bit yeah. more that you can give. They've got to then go, I'm up for that or I'm not up for that. Because, of course, it's the necessary work, the required work they've got to put in as well. And I guess it's worth thinking about that, isn't it, Joe? Some people can commit to the amount of work they need to do and some people can't. So there's lots of things to juggle. And yeah. So I think for those kind of people, for me, it's also about bridging from where they are now <clears throat> to where you think their potential lies and I think if you can show them that pathway or show them that that sort of stepping stones and how what they need to do to get there then again that can be part of that process of building the confidence to try to actually try it um rather than necessarily just just stick where they are and, and as you say totally you know it's got to be each person's decision but I think you can like I say I think if you can bridge the way to it for them then then you know, some often you can, you know, those people can really actually see it's possible and, and their lack of confidence that potentially is stopping them from trying that can often be something that you work on, you know, quite successfully. But it, but it's not something that, you know, it's not an overnight process. But then we know none of this is an overnight process, is it? So it's... Well, this is, this is the thing why I mentioned patience, <laughs> you know. It's, it's very easy to, to want to make changes really quickly. That could be in fitness or in confidence, as we're talking about today. And it's not going to happen for most of us. It's, it's going to be an ongoing kind of journey. It's going to take time. So it, allowing that patience and allowing that time to grow and develop and expand, I think is really important so that you don't pull the plug. You don't throw the towel in too early. Joe, there's a couple of things I just want to throw your way, actually. There's two things that I, I want to get out of my head. So 
The first thing I want to mention, which I think is really relevant, actually, I think that confidence in itself is not necessarily connected purely to, we mentioned about nerves, and it's not, if you feel nervous, it doesn't mean you don't have confidence. Yep. But it's also not connected just to ability. It's your expectation, as we've mentioned yeah. a lot in this video, the expectation you put on yourself. So a great example and very relevant recent is, is Nadal, who many people may know won the, uh, was the Australian Open, wasn't it? And he himself, he's very open, honest guys. A lot of the tennis players seem to be able to talk. He just thought how, you know, this is never going to happen. He was putting himself in a situation, I'm sure he was very genuine, through injury and illness and COVID and various things, you know, that I'm not going to win this. And yet he did win that. So somebody with his level of ability can still go into something like that with a lack of confidence about the outcome and a certain degree of uncertainty. Another great example is Andy Murray, who's been plagued and plagued with injury. I mean, how much frustration must that guy carry when he was the world number one? And how much must that knock his confidence? Yet he clearly has a very good level of ability in yeah. the chosen sport. He was the world's number one. So having that awareness and those expectations of yourself, I think is really, really important. Getting that balance right. The other thing that leads nicely off from that, the one I asked you, Joe, and I think this is really difficult. I think this is really difficult. I see a lot of people <laughs> oh, when, sorry, I see a lot of people when they're injured, that it's yeah. that that really knocks their confidence. Am I, am I going to get back running? I've asked myself that question before, Joe. And if I do get back running, I've lost fitness. Am I going to get back to where I was? That's a really difficult, because that is uncertainty for lots of people, isn't it? When you have an injury, you can't really put your finger on it and you don't know what that time frame is to return. How do you manage that? What's your thoughts on injury? <laughs> I mean, again, I've been in that situation. I, I thought I'd hit the big time and then didn't run for six months, not a single step. So I think, again, it's partly not so much confidence as long-term belief and perspective I think you've got to see it in the long term I think it goes back to what I was saying about bridging and seeing that pathway what how can I work my way back up to where I am and picking up on the point you made earlier around patience um, and and regardless of any sort of progression or journey that you're on it's not going to be completely up, you know smoothly upwards so I think that's where confidence gets channeled uh, challenged sorry is in the setbacks that you have inevitably along the way. And if you can manage and accept those setbacks as just, as just that, just a setback, and not see them as a definitive statement on your future prospects, that's going to help with your mindset. So to me, in some ways, it's, it's less about confidence and more about, as I say, belief, patience, progression. But I think it is really really challenging so but just to pick up what, isn't it yeah when you were talking around um your you know the, the tennis stars that you're talking about there was a really interesting um webinar some time ago with a coach in america that coaches olympic world-class olympic 800 meter runners and he was saying at the beginning of the season i set them you know he's going to speed work and i set them these targets and i set them i can't remember what time he said phenomenally fast obviously because i know that that will give them confidence to continue their training. So that will give them confidence right at the beginning of the season. So even though these guys are world-class, they're going to make world finals, Olympic finals, there's their coach saying, I set them a target that I know they're going to achieve because I want to develop confidence. <clears throat> and I think that sums up to me what you were saying, that confidence is not linked to ability. It's linked to 
a whole range of other things. It's linked to self-belief. It's linked to, um, you know, those thought patterns that you have in your mind, whatever standard you might be. So, you know, you've got to bring it back to yourself and, and where you are. I, I, you're dead right, Joe. And I, I touched on this last week about, you know, we, we, which is what gave us the idea, actually, of talking about conference yeah. today. That you, obviously you've got to ask yourself, what is going to enable me to increase my confidence? Okay, so whatever that might be, once you've settled on that, it might be a number of things. I think it's really important to ask yourself, should, is it something that you should act on or not? Because you could, what could give you confidence is potentially doing something in your training that actually isn't advisable. It's not good for you in the long term <laughs> and not going to work towards your plan. A, a class, a, your goal, rather, a classic example is, is mileage. You know, if you were running more, if, you, if, you, if your longer run was longer and you hit some really key distances in your mind, that would give you more confidence. It might do. But actually, your body's not going to be thankful for that. So yeah. you've just got to know what to act on and what not to act on. And another thing, Joe, that I think can help is if you're somebody that, and we've spoken in, we touched on in this video about different personality types, some people responding well to pressure, some people less so, some people wanting to be conservative with their goals that they set themselves, which is fine, there's no right or wrong. But if you're somebody that really struggles with confidence and self-confidence in running, perhaps look at other areas of your life where you do have confidence. Yeah, absolutely. It could be as a parent, it could be in work, it could be in the kitchen cooking, it could be whatever area, whichever area. Focus on that, be aware of that, because that will show you that it's not just you don't have confidence and that's who you are, it's just yeah. in this particular area, it needs a little bit of work. Maybe you're quite new to the sport, for example. That makes some yeah. sense. I think, I that, think that is totally, totally a point to take on board. And I've said that to, to people that consider themselves non-runners at times. Well, you're very successful in this, you know, let's say work, for example. So, and you're very confident in your work. So why are you confident in that work? Really try and get them to think, what is it that makes me confident in this work? And invariably it comes back to what we've said. It comes back to building up experience, building up some knowledge, um, knowing that you did some things well, uh, and, and being excited about the challenges put before you um, that you might go on to achieve. So all of those are very general points that, uh, you know, that you can translate from that other environment where you feel very confident into this one where you don't. And I think it's a really, really good point. On which notes, I'm almost going to have to wrap up. So one point, one top tip for confidence from you, Jake, Mr. Confident. <laughs> that's not true that's not true i, I, I know it's not true but moments of confidence on, i also have would look at many... me and say we're confident people so one tip from you about confidence okay um <laughs> i am going to say build progression into your training and the reason i say that there's lots of different benefits to that which i'm we'll probably cover in a video at some point It'll be a great topic <laughs> surprise surprise we'll probably talk about that one friday but if you if you're a bit random with how you train and you can't really connect the dots it's hard to feel confident moving forward in the sessions because you, you can't really move from one session to the next. You can't see how that progression works. It, you, you know, we've said about giving things reason and justification. It's hard to yeah. do that. Whereas if, really silly example, and I'm not saying do this, but you do three reps of a particular interval session one week, the following week you do four reps of a, of a particular interval session. Well, you know you've done three reps last week, so you know you can do that. So here's the thing. Just go and do those three reps and then see how you feel after the third rep and then try and do another one. And that's how you build. So, and it will give you confidence and it will grow. And it's like a staircase. It's small increments. That's what I think is really, really going to help. TNTs, tiny noticeable things that have a big impact. Oh, that's what you very want to do. Nice. 
You can have that one. <laughs> free. Free. Okay, and I will finish with my one top tip, which is think positively and practice thinking positively. So every session you do, instead of thinking that was rubbish because of X, Y, Z, think of a reason why it was a good session. And then you can go back and look at all those positive points and that will help you develop confidence for whatever race or whatever session you're doing now. So on that note, I'm going to go before too many more people wonder what I'm doing sitting in a dodgy doorway in Hammersmith. <laughs> Be confident, folks. Even if you don't look like, think you are inside, always betray it on the outside. Um, you can follow me at Running Joe with, uh, what, Running Joe, whatever, Running Joe 10K. Who knows? <laughs> at Running Who knows? with Jake. Uh, you can catch up on a podcast. I don't think it'll be broadcasting this one because of the uh, terrible background noise, but sorry about that. Um, have a really good weekend. Be positive. Enjoy whatever you're doing. That's the key. <laughs> Take care. Thanks, folks. Joe. Bye. See you guys. That was Running With Jake, the quick hit. Hear the brand new full-length podcast every Wednesday or catch up now by searching Running With Jake, the podcast.